0: Okay, so today I think we should tell a little story because it feels kind of like it's time for that in the podcast to tell a little story. Because uh, I, I think in many ways we need a little story. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast, Todd Conklin, coming to you live. Well, kind of. I mean, as live as the podcast is, which actually, when you think about it, is kind of freaky because there's nothing live about the podcast. That doesn't freak me out so much. What freaks me out is that this content will be around long after I'm gone. Not that I'm worried about, like, I'm not fixated on being gone. It just seems like everything's kind of permanent. So I hope I don't say anything stupid that will come back and haunt me, and I won't get to be elected, I don't know, governor of New Mexico. Not that I'd want that either, but that's a different story. How are you? It's tough right now. And it's uh, we're being reminded of the global co- connectedness that we all have. And And when I say we all, I think you know who I'm talking to. It's us. And what's amazing is it's hard to not look with incredible... Just a horrific pain at what's going on in Ukraine. It's it's just it's hard to you, it, you can't ignore it. And and what's amazing to me is how interconnected we all are. How so many of you know people have worked in, have friends. I mean, th- these are these are people we know and have worked with, and and are doing the same work we do and they're there and it's hard to watch that happen and not just just be absolutely horrified with what's going on and it's remarkable and i know i get it i mean i totally get the fact that it would be easier to sort of focus on what we do and not the rest of the world um it's sometimes easier to close your eyes but you just can't i mean it's impossible it's it's and it's not it's not the right thing to do, and that global connectedness that we all share, uh, the world's a small place and and it's amazing. I mean, it doesn't feel like a small place when you have to travel. I'll give you that one, uh, especially now that every flight seems to get canceled. Uh, that's my own personal bias uh, and good luck on that. But it is it is interconnected, and that's that's something that I've really spent a lot of time thinking about. Which I think leads me to the pod for today. Because the pod for today, I want to help by telling a story. And the story is one that I think we should all hear. And this story, to a great extent, is going to talk about how we define the work we do. And that's a challenge. And it's always been kind of a challenge for us. I mean, I would suggest one of the biggest jobs we have in the world is to help redefine safety. And you heard me say it a million times. You've said it a million times. But our traditional sort of historical artifact definition of safety, and that is the one that says safety is the absence of harm, that's actually quite firmly ensconced in how people think of safety, especially in our workplaces anywhere in the globe. And what's interesting is that that has found its way into almost everything we do. It's such a strong artifact. It's so, it's so permanently concreted into the way people think that you look at the things we measure and the way we talk about metrics, and they all sort of serve to create an environment where safety's job is to take bad things out of the workplace. But I'm going to suggest to you that that definition, although it may have had some impact, it may have actually even done some good, that definition is to a great extent one of the major forces that holds us back from progress. And it's hard when you change the fundamental definition of something. It takes a long time, and it's, a, it's an iterative approach. You have to keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And that gets a little fatiguing, but I think it's important for us to remember that every time we have that conversation, every time we introduce the idea that the fundamental first principles definition of safety is changing, that's an opportunity to actually influence organizations and make them improve. Now, that probably makes having the same conversation 9 million times worth it. I don't know. I mean, I've never shied away from having the same conversation. Like, I'll tell the same joke a million times, not even with no fatigue. I mean, not even hesitant to tell the same joke. What I like is that the people I hang out with, my friends, they will laugh at the same joke a million times, which makes it all a little bit easier. I mean, that, that's that's a good part of what happens. But this shift in philosophy, and that's really what it is. So when we talk about the fact that the new way of looking at safety isn't really a program, I think we say that because we don't want it to be a program because flavor of the month is a flavor of the month. But really, ultimately, the reason we say that is because what it is is it's a philosophical shift of the basic first principles of the work we do. Safety is not the absence of harm. Safety is the presence of good. Right? You don't make a system better by removing the bad things. You make a system better by putting in the good things. And so that's what we're doing, and we're doing it over and over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, it happens a bazillion times, but it's all kind of worthwhile. Because what it does is it establishes this new definition, this new philosophy, which then absolutely, by necessity, creates a whole new way of thinking. Because remember, if if you want different answers, you have to ask different questions, right? And so what we're doing is we're building a case where the question changes, where the basic definition of safety changes. And that is the story we want to tell today. That's the reason you're listening to me as you drive down the road or jog, God forbid, or maybe even a bike ride. I'll put that out there. It's worth it. That's why we're having this conversation, and it's probably time to have it, because I think it's, it's a time in the world where we're thinking about the philosophical underpinnings of what makes good good, what makes right right, and the work we do, and how it all, in this amazing, interconnected way, fits together. So let's actually have a quick pod And tell this story, because I think it's worth telling. So pretty recently, not that long ago actually, if you think about it, and and, uh, again, time uh, just zooms by. Have you noticed that, or is it just me? So not very long ago, I was part of a big, uh, I don't know what you call what we do now, a big team's zoom meeting thing but it was really more of a of a of a get together to discuss the philosophies of leading safety in large organizations right and so these were people on the zoom meeting that were all pretty um pretty high up in the safety food chain with big companies and they were all getting together and just kind of having a little Conversation, a little confab. Although I don't really know what confab means, but we can talk about that later. And it was a okay meeting. I mean, it was fine. You know, it was, it was great. They were talking about the challenges they have, and um. A big part of the discussion was moving back to operations, which is a huge part of what everybody's thinking about. So that, that was relatively normal stuff. So it was a really pretty interesting conversation. Things were going well. I was paying attention. I wasn't playing any computer games. I was sitting there looking interested. If you've seen me present at all, I was practicing changing my background. From donuts to bacon, but I do that pretty regularly, so that's not too bad. I was getting that all done. And in the midst of this meeting, kind of towards the end of the meeting, things were sort of slowing down, somebody said something really interesting. And I understand exactly why they said it. It was not a mystery. Their intention was beautiful. Uh, It wasn't a bad thing to say at all, not by any stretch of the imagination. But what they said was, and you heard this said, too, that's the interesting part of this story, is they said they really yearn for a time when their job will go away and then there was a sufficient pause you know um if we do our job really well we we will work our way out of our job and that sufficient pause was there to sort of let that sink in and the idea was is that someday if we get really really good at the work we do they won't need us anymore because all safety problems will go away and our complex adaptive workplaces that our people work in every day all day long in all kinds of weather will be so safe that we'll never have any accidents boom there it is boom and it was interesting because the response was generally what you think it would be. Most people were like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's a, that is a noble, aspirational goal. That's a goal we can have. But it really sort of opened up an idea that I thought was really interesting. And that was a comment that was made back. And the comment that was made back, I think, profoundly shifted that little part of the conversation. And and I don't think it changed it. I mean, I hope it didn't make the person who said, I yearn for a day when I will no longer be necessary. I hope it didn't make them feel bad. But the comment back was, I don't think that's the right thing to say. And then there was a giant pause. And this is the part that I think was so interesting. Because what was said next is, If our definition of safety is that we take harm out of the system, then you're right. The best thing that could ever happen would be for our job to go away. But I'm not sure that's the definition of safety. In fact, safety doesn't stop bad things from happening. What safety does is ensure that work goes well. And then a pause... And then this phrase, I would like to have more people in my organization whose job it is to ensure that work goes well. I hope that job never goes away. I hope we hire more people to help ensure workers every day in all kinds of weather have somebody fighting on their side to make sure that the job goes well. And what was so interesting about that is the response was kind of silence, kind of like it is now a little, because you're thinking about what I just said, aren't you? I mean, it's 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 hard to, to hear that and not think, wow, that is actually a very interesting thing to say. And that is a big part of what we want to talk about and what we do, because if we assume our job is to remove accidents. Every accident is preventable. Zero is attainable. You know the phrase. We say them all the time. You've heard them. I hear them almost every meeting, right? Then, in fact, if we get good at that, like that'll ever happen, because it'll never happen, trust me. The world is a complex place filled with variability. And because there's so much variability in that system, it'll never happen. But let's just go with it then, in fact, if we do our job well, the problem will go away. And they won't need us anymore. And we'll have to do something else. Like, I don't know, maybe run the concession stand because that is a little fantasy I've had for a long time. Um, I would like to run the concession stand. That would be cool. We can talk about that later. That's a part of it. However, I think, in fact, that paradigm, that historical definition, that artifact of what our job is, that artifact is wrong. It's strong, and it's, it's hardwired into our system, but it's wrong. And I agree. I think our job should never go away because our job is to not remove bad things. Our job is to ensure good things. And that is necessary because in a complex, interconnected world, like the one we live in now, bad things happen all the time. I mean, all the time. Bad things happen all the... Things that have never happened before happen. They happen all the time. What's important is that we have the capacity, the extra margin built into our, built into our system so that when those bad things happen, we can recover. We got a little cushion, right? And that cushion is ensuring work goes well. That is a very different way to see the world. And I don't know what you think, but I mean, I think, wow, the fact that that conversation happened at all is profoundly important. The fact that we're thinking about this in a different way, well, that makes a huge difference. But the big one is the fact that we can listen to somebody say something that 15 years ago would have been sort of awesome if we do our job well, We'll work our way out of a job. And we'd all clapped and teared up and stood up and hugged. You know, that would have been a kind of an emotional deal. The fact that we can look at that now and say, you know, I understand why you said that. I I get where you're going with this. But in fact, if that's the way you think about it, we still got some work to do. We still got to go back in there and actually make things better. We still have to redefine what it is we do but more importantly and this is really the kicker here we have to help our organizations redefine what they do as well and moving from sort of that deficiency based mindset i call it sort of and this really this makes people really angry at me but kind of the traditional audit mindset we go out and seek places where bad things are happening and then call them out what we're doing is actually moving to this much more effective much more positive, much more forward-moving assurance mindset, which takes us back to the world. Seeking to find bad things is pretty easy to do. Seeking to ensure good things is really the philosophical twist that we need to bring to the forefront. We have to change what we do. All of us, not just us, but all of us. We have to change what we do as people in the world. And that is ultimately what our job is. We don't stop uncertainty. Because uncertainty is, by definition, uncertain. It's not very predictable, and bad things happen all the time. What we do is build capacity... So that when uncertainty happens, we have a little cushion. We have recoverability. As uh, David Woods, my friend, says, we have graceful extensibility, which is incredibly romantic. I don't know why that sounds romantic. That sounds romantic. And the word catorce in Spanish, I think, sounds incredibly romantic. It means 14, but it sounds kind of romantic. That story is one worth thinking about. And to be really honest with you guys, I was pretty psyched to actually do this pod because I wanted you to be impacted by that story because I think it's a really good way to kind of introduce this work we're doing or or maybe introduces the wrong word because you've been doing it a long time to reinforce in a new way, engaging sort of new thoughts around the work we're doing. And I think that's, pretty powerful. What we help organizations do is ensure that the work goes well. What we really help organizations do is ensure that when uncertainty raises its uncertain head, that our response is to go back and lean on the cushion, the extensibility that we've put in the system until the uncertainty becomes knowable and understandable and we can move forward once again, building and retaining that capacity. That is, my friends, the story I wanted to tell. And it's an interesting one. It's it's one to think about. That's kind of why we're doing it. So there you have it. In a world that is just kind of going to crap, I mean it's it's unbelievable what's going on in the world right now uh, unprovoked attacks on sovereign nations there you go we'll figure that one out right in a world that's filled with uncertainty pandemics and global supply change and and prices and inflation and all the surprises all the things that are happening in a world filled with uncertainty i think we're left with the ability to say why can't we be perfect why can't we figure this out why can't we take the bad out of the world But I don't know if we can. I mean, I'm pretty convinced we'll never remove uncertainty. I I mean, unless you have a good argument, and if you do, I am so ready to hear it. Just pop it on me, man. Um, I can tell you that I think that notion of uncertainty will always be present. Because as soon as we fix one uncertainty, a new uncertainty will pop its head in the space where the old uncertainty used to live, right? (laughs) That's how it works. But in a world filled with all sorts of complexities and uncertainties, our job is to not make the world a perfect place. We can't do that. Uh, I mean, good luck, but we can't. Our job is to build a world that when uncertainty happens, we have something to land on, some cushion. I like the idea of cushion. I don't think it's that professional sounding, and it probably won't sell. I mean, I I don't think you're going to see it as a safety tool, the cushion metric That you can buy for your smartphone app. But nonetheless, that's really where we're going with this. That is the discussion for today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Man, to all the people who listen, I can't even tell you enough times how much I appreciate it. It's it's a little bit um, daunting, this, because the number of people that listen just gets higher and higher. I mean, there's millions of people that listen to this podcast. What's up with that? man. I kind of want to tell you to get a hobby because a hobby would be a good thing, too. I grant you that. But maybe you can do this and do your hobby. That would even be more perfect. There there you go. So that's really what I wanted to cover. A shorty but a sweetie. But it's one that I've thought about a lot, and I wanted to share it with you. So that's it, right? So learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other because kind is the new black. It's the new cool. And uh, for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe.